Welcome to Wither Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi everyone, it's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we're reading Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Austin, and today we're discussing chapter 32. So, before we get into chapter 32, we should probably talk about what happened in chapter 31. Well, we get off of an elevator with Amari and um, Agent Magnus, only to walk straight into what feels like a trap um, by a Director Van Helsing in the elevator, apologetically being like, my bad, I was going to take you to the director, but you see, I was over the controls were overridden and now I'm dropping you off with this director who is going to accuse Magnus of being the reason that his daughter was corrupted because there has to be the reason the reason cannot be bad parenting it has got to be that agent Magnus somehow corrupted Maria Van Helsing um, and made her into the magician's assistant which makes so much sense I swear um, and then um, under all of that, um, Amari is stripped of her temporary um, promotion to an agent back to trainee because Van Helsing says not under his watch and is going to send her home along with all the other people being sent home from the Bureau because the Bureau is officially being locked down and they cannot handle um, the disarray. So the only way to save everyone and to be um, held as like be liable without being liable is sending people home. Um, amongst all of this, just chaos and calamity, um, Amari and Elsie and Del- Dylan are like, okay, I get that there's plans that the adults are making, but since those, they get had a whole Nick Fury reason, like since this sounds dumb, I'm going to just say what I want to do instead. And what they instead want to do is go and find the key holder, which is the last clue that they got um, once Agent Magnus um, had promoted Mari and they opened the case that Quentin set, uh, set for her. They found out the key holder's name. So Amari, well, Amari found it out. Um, so she uh, tells Dylan and Elsie they need to go find this person. Dylan tries to keep Elsie from going. Elsie's like, Najee, you're not going to get rid of me. And so they are on their way to sneak out and get to the key holder when all of a sudden um, they're separated and Elsie and the last bit that Amari sees her breathes fire. Cause she's a what? A dragon. And who do you not play with? Dragons, let's keep that clear. Um, then finally, before Dylan and Amari can get to the vehicle that they commandeer in the garage, um, Agent Fiona's like, where y'all think y'all going? And they're like, um, Magnus sent us. Well, she she understands that Magnus sent them because she reads Amari's aura. And she's like, I don't get why Magnus would do that. But let me at least give you a phone number to call. Um, I'm being monitored by Van Helsing, but he's not going to stop me from getting a phone call and coming after you if you need me. So that's what they do. Amari and Dylan pick up the Jolly Roger, um, the vehicle that is under their uh, sibling's power, and they take off in it. Um, but do they know what they're doing? No. So what do they do? They turn on autopilot, pilot, and now we're 
letting them go adrift on autopilot and Dylan's how many ever hours of video game play. So we'll see where we go to here in chapter 32. We're going to the boonies. Well, we hope they're on autopilot to the boonies. Right. <laughs> so they're adrift in the Jolly Roger and Amari looks at it in the same way that she remembers the wakeful dream where they rode, uh, she rode in the Jolly Roger with her brother Quentin. Um, and she's like, just kind of like reiterating to herself. She's trying to speak it into being that this is going to work. We're going to find the key holder and we're going to get him to safety and Maria Moreau will not win. And as the ship starts to glide slower in midair, she glances back at Dylan and she notices that he has a troubled expression and the boys at the captain's wheel which again it was on autopilot so i don't know who he thought he was going to steer once they got closer i don't we'll, we'll see um we know why he's troubled but it could have been i think maybe amari looked at it and it was just like oh because you don't know what you're doing <laughs> like i'll, I'll let, if that makes you feel more confident in yourself that you're by the wheel like I, I, I always it. take autopilot to be like cruise control where like you can get a little bit comfortable, but you still got to pay attention. You can't be too lax. Yeah. You know? But like, he didn't even know what he was. He didn't know he was going to turn it clockwise or counterclockwise. Well, maybe he's watching like, autopilot like, okay, I'm figuring this out. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning how to drive. And I'm learning the differences was... between the video game and real life. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm can gonna... we talk about how they get there in 10 seconds? 10 seconds. Yeah. Like that's it was honestly that close to the bureau. Well, I don't know that it's that close to the bureau, or if the Jolly Roger is just that fast. Like, I feel like it's both. How I was. I feel like it's both though, because it can't. It, it might not be. It's not, probably not that far outside of the Atlanta area, is what I'm guessing. It's like not mm. too far away, but it's also very quick. So like even not too far away is not like a car ride. It's like a. Also, it's like the difference between like, flying from. LA to Vegas versus driving from LA to Vegas. They're both relatively short, six hours to yeah. drive, an hour to fly. But also, it made, makes me think that that's kind of clever in some ways. Of like, the bureau is not supposed to go looking for the key, and then it happens to be like hella close to them. <laughs> yeah, like right under their noses. Yeah. yeah. And even better that they don't go looking for it because, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. Um, and it feels like if they did need it, it's not like it's, you know, in Antarctica or something. Maybe it'd be better if it was. <laughs> we'll, we'll, get... well, I mean, we'll see. But I mean, that's yeah. like, I feel like that maybe is the logic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also feel um, like you don't want to be, well, I don't know, because there's supernatural people and bureaus everywhere, but it's like you don't want to be too far away from um, the civilization. Right? Like, this guy, the key holder, isn't he, he's, isn't he a bureau employee? We don't know. We just know that um, they have, he has a clinic, and he has, a, he's a doctor. Okay. That's all we know. And hopefully that he's a he from, as not Mission Dream. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, um, this whole time, when Amari's, like, we're over here talking about can Dylan drive? Like, what is this? Why is he sitting by the steering wheel? Amari's over here worried about his feelings. But I guess that's a good what a good friend does is worry about your feelings and not your capacity to drive. <laughs> um, but she's like, I feel like he's been convinced that um, Maria was innocent this whole time. I feel so bad, and now they're like on opposite sides, and I can just 
I know this is tearing this boy up. And while she's thinking this, she's checking out their surroundings and she's seeing that the only thing that they can, like, that is near is a small log cabin with a long dirt road that curves out of sight. And currently, the sun is only just beginning to set and the night is starting to push it away. Uh, Dylan comes over to take a look and says, We should hurry and park. And Amari says, We should hurry and park this thing. We don't want the key holder to look out of his window and see a ship hovering over his house. Um, they have a hard time actually landing the Jolly Roger. And Dylan, again, going back to Can This Boy Drive, uh, brings the boat down a little bit too fast, causing, I don't know why that gave me a Trina moment. Boop, too fast. Anyways, um, <laughs> causing a boom that echoes through the trees and apologizes. And so Amari's just like, I might yeah. want to come back to this later because, mm-hmm. like, you know, obviously, if you've read the chapter, you know what's about to happen. But, like, this part makes me laugh because of, like, the reveal we're about to get. Because, like, mm-hmm. this kid, he's still a kid and he, like, can't drive. And the fact that that's, like, you know what I mean? Like, in other places, he's very competent. And then, like, in this, he just, like, can't park the Jolly Roger is just really funny to me. And also just, like, when he said that, it just gave me, like, shit, um, Brittany Murphy and Clueless talking about Cher, who's a virgin and can't drive. And mm-hmm. I just, like, I'm like, like, you're a competent magician and all that, but you can't drive. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, um, he apologizes. Amari's just, like, glad they're there in one piece. They hop off the ship and head over to the doctor's cabin. Um it's like so the thing about this cabin is that it's not just like it's like clear that this person um it's not expecting to be found because the grass is unkept it reaches past her knees um and it makes her wonder if anyone is really using the cabin as they get closer there's a sign that says the boonies medical clinic country doctrine at its finest with henry henry underhill md as the named physician and who is also the name of the key holder that amari received um, Amari thinks takes his confirmation that they definitely found the place. The front door is only a few steps away when Dylan grabs her arm and says, "Just hear him out, okay? Give him a chance." And Amari's like, "What? This Give just, who a chance? This is very suspicious." Like, what does Dylan know? Dylan, the non-driver who did not know how to power his way and where they were supposed to be going, who needed Amari's input to put it into the autopilot. How does he know? Who's supposed to be on that side of this door? Can I just say, oh no, let's, we'll keep going and then I'll say. I'll, we'll, we'll get through the door and then I'll say. Yes, we gotta, we gotta get through the door. Leave the door open. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> without even knocking first. So, still, we, why does he know he can just walk in this door, not knock, not ring nobody's bell? He walks inside, confused. Amari moves to follow him, but freezes in the doorway. The office, the doctor's office has been completely trashed. Papers and medical supplies are scattered all over the floor. Chairs and cabinets are overturned. And seated at a fancy golden table in the middle of it all is a smiling gray-haired man in blood-red robes. He looks identical to the illusion, but except there's a presence to him that she never felt back at Blackstone Prison. Something old and very dark. It raises the hairs on the back of Amari's neck. So it's wild to me that they like trash this place, and then he was like, "Well, let me set up my my golden, golden table, table so that I can sit and you know 
drink my blood out of my chalice all like comfortably or whatever just like nothing says grand majesty like like an over an unkept lawn a like very chaotic space and a golden golden table (laughs) in the middle (laughs) it's like he he said listen let me villain okay I don't know what aesthetic this is, but I don't even. I'm gonna villain villain at the peak of right. He said, "Listen, I'm trying to. Not only am I trying to be top villain, I'm also trying to get an HGTV gig going on about how to properly, you know, take over a lair. Let's do it. Let's go." Okay, but like, if I'm taking over a lair, like it's gonna go from whatever the former concept was. He's a he's a magician. He's an illusionist mm. as well. He could just make it look different. Like, he just did not try. He's like, all I need is my golden table. He, he pulled a Trump <laughs> thing. I need a golden toilet. Instead of a golden toilet, he brought his golden table. And that's all he needed <laughs> to feel like he was rich and like a proper villain in this moment. Like, it's all he wanted was a table. And his blood red robes. I'm sorry. The robes are blood red. Blood red, blood, yep. The real Raul Moreau leans forward in his chair. Nice to finally meet you, Amari Peter. Okay, now can I go? Okay. If mm-hmm. you have seen or caught, if you've read the whole book by now and then you listen to any of our little spoiler things on Patreon, become a baddie. You might have heard me say this before. Dylan be acting. He don't need this. He needs to go to the stage. The boy belongs in the theater. Okay? Community theater. Not community. The boy belongs on Broadway. <laughs> the performance this boy has given that. and has been giving immaculate. Like I'm not. I'm. I'm disappointed. But am I? Because I'm also impressed. I'm I. Both. I don't. I can't yeah. look. I don't know if I can. I'm not going to spell my Dylan until we have a moment for Dylan to show his face. Like I'm going to give Dylan a couple. Uh, let's get to there with Dylan before we. Take take him apart. Because he needs taking he he needs dismantling. He needs to be examined. You can dismantle yeah. all you want to, but you can, but the thing you cannot dismantle the His acting, the acting the performance. <laughs> okay. Okay, this is Amari's mental state. Please don't let us be too late. And then she asks, where's the key holder? I'm afraid Dr. Underhill was dealt with some time ago, says Morel. They murdered that man. <laughs> they did. He's definitely dead. They murdered that man. I, that. I feel like... I hate that for him. Because sometimes you'd be like, I'm reading middle grade. What do you mean dealt with? No, nah, they murdered that man. That man is no longer... <laughs> I mean, earth. I don't care. We got some horrific things for our middle ages back in the day. Goosebumps yeah. was like deaths happen i i'm cool i'm cool like at some point you get get you realize when the key when there's words said and you don't know what you don't know like when they're alluding to something and it's like someone was dealt with you know that's death you know they're gone like it's good it's fine he's no longer on this plane of existence he's not he's yeah he's not coming back you can see him at the festival of souls (laughs) next year unless Right, unless it's a fantasy world where the death, the, where the dead just kind of linger with you and they still around, that's it. Like I, that's where we are right now. Um, 
says Maroon. Do you really think I would risk attacking the Bureau for the Black Book without already possessing the Black Key? Like, what kind of villain organization do you think I'm working with over here? You think I'm an amateur? You think I'm a little crony? No, no. He pulls a piece of twisted black metal from inside his robe. But how, Amari asked. Moreau's grin widens, flashing his pointed canines. Being so young in your magic, you wouldn't know this. But there are ways to make truths spill from lips like water from a fountain. So not only am I going to be a villain, I'm going to be bars. That was bars. I'm going to be po-effing edit. Yeah. Not everything that glitters is giggles. <laughs> That's what that is what the madam told her, okay? I mean she was told. Oh she my was God. told everything that giggles glitters. Madam Violet told her glittering giggles be getting said. you in the end. Be getting you got. Oh my god. You got got by glittering giggles. And now this golden table's gonna get you even more. Like you got got by golden glittering giggles. Amari grimaces. My brother didn't stand a chance. Where's Quentin? Right here. Moreau sweeps his hands forward and a magical gurney rolls out from behind the counter. My breath hitches at the sight of my brother, lying still, too still. Shimmering green mist hovers in the air around him. What are you doing to him? Extracting his life essence. Your brother has been dying a most slow death. Moreau grins. This the spell so I shall like, perform tonight requires it. A fitting end, wouldn't you say? This is so... We were talking about like the, the, the villainy of it. Extracting life essence is like... So I read um, like Mercy Thompson. I read a lot of like urban fantasy or whatever, but witches and Mercy Thompson, which I guess are kind of like akin to magicians in Amari. Um, there are white witches, gray witches, and black like black witches. And so the darker witches, again, that's gross, but that's what it is. <laughs> um, they power their magic through other people's pain and suffering. And like the more pain and the more suffering, especially if you can prolong it through torture, the more powerful the magic. And I feel like like that's like what I'm getting from this, like extracting his life essence. Um, the spell I shall perform tonight requires a slow, a very slow death. Is like it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like how do you make something even? How do you make something awful? disregard mm-hmm. for other people's lives? Disregard, yeah. like like utter like. Um, Sonder is a term for like being like the being able to perceive the like the full existence of someone else's life while you live your own like you just like you're able to like recognize it so like if you're ever like just like walking around like in New York like I do I'm walking around the city or whatever like I'm in, I used to be I'm, well, I'm inside now but when you're like walking around and you realize like I'm on the way I know where I'm on my way to where are these other people on their way to like, are, what is their, is their family here to visit? Like, you can check and like, whole other lives, like, for these other people that are also just doing it at the same time. So you kind of, like, you feel the weight and the value of other people living on Earth and um, engaging with it at the same time you are. And you, there's, like, a, there's a level of, like, cognizance and, like, reasoning and empathy in that that is 
wholly deconstructed when you're just like gleefully talking about taking away someone else's life force slowly like it's like it's like fun for Moreau to be doing this he's excited by it and for me it's like it's not even that like that he's doing it it's that he's doing it to power a spell or to use a spell so like there is not much difference between to to Moreau between Quentin and like a Duracell battery. Like it's, he's just become mm-hmm. source of energy. And we spent the entire book with Amari, like Quentin is everything to her. Like is a like it's not, not just to her, to so many people. To, to a lot of people. Right? So, yeah. And like to I mean, you have this thought, right, of like, okay, he's maybe he's being held captive or maybe like what are all the the, th- the thoughts that going through your mind about like where Quentin is and what Quentin's doing and to like finally find him and he's just being drained like, yeah just being used. and has been for for weeks months as long as you haven't known where he is yeah yeah and then it's also kind of crazy then to like go back and like Obviously, like next, we we or Amari draws her stun stick and Dylan knocks it out of her hand, and then it's like, but he before walking into this place was like, just hear Moreau out, essentially. Yeah, and like how is she supposed to do that if he's if dude is literally extracting her brother's life essence? Like I know he's murdering like, your brother currently, but but just listen to what chance. he has to say. Like no, no, but it also though like it it both like shows like Dylan's. Try to think of like the word where like, Dylan is on the emotional his, empathy yeah. straight. Like he's a, he's like, a Van Helsing through and through, like his father. But I'm but like, I'm also like thinking like I think also we as the chapter goes on we kind of see like where Dylan and Moreau's like goals and their perspectives are differ. I guess. Um, but it's also like he's yeah this the way that he kind of is separate is able to separate that is weird and it is very um, Van Helsing of him. It's Van Helsing. Yeah. Yeah. It's Van Helsing and Moreau, I think. It's like yes, the, the whole unholy like combination. Moreau is so, uh, Moreau is able to is is able to succeed because he's picking up from where Van Helsing mm-hmm, left off. Exactly. Like he's just expounding upon. Exactly. Yeah. He's tapping so, into yes. like the deficiencies of the Van Helsing um tradition, tradition but not great at all disabling or un- like don't unlearn everything like they give you yeah. a, a decent foundation for evil yeah <laughs> you just like taking he's exploiting build. he's exploiting the already pre-built yeah it's like you have like like you know that like if this is very old um but like if you know that your car like you have an old car and you're like i it can only play cassette tapes but I'm going to exploit the fact that it's uh, it's both yes it's both for cassette tapes, but I'm going to get an adapter and I'm going to be able to play my MP3. Mm-hmm. I'm exploiting like this old tech for what I for new tech, and they're like I, this like yes this is some old tr- stuff that he has built into him. He came with some presets that I don't even know about, but you know what? I can use it to my advantage. Mm-hmm. I will make it work for my ends. Yeah. You just talked about turning Quentin into a Valerie. Let's talk about Dylan as an adapter. But yes, that's where we are. Moreau is literally shopping the bureau like he's at Best Buy. This is yes. <laughs> Amari draws her sun stick, but then Dylan knocks out of her hands. Moreau laughs and with a twirl of his fingers yanks her body forward through the air and then drops her into a golden chair at the table. 
she's completely defenseless. Dylan takes a seat across from her right at Moreau's side. I feel like I could throw up. How long have you been lying to me? Amari asks Dylan. Dylan doesn't answer. He doesn't even look at her. So you're gonna, you're gonna win? You're gonna knock my sunstick out of my hand and then you're gonna not even look at my face when they ask you a question? Like, are you serious? You're okay. <laughs> Moreau laughs. I'm afraid my partner has played you for the, quite the fool child and for a long time too. It might shock you to know that it was he who stole the black book from right under your nose. He walked out with it in his jacket pocket while you, Chief Crow, and a dozen other agents stood only feet away. But Maria, Amari says, I saw her. We all did. You saw what Dylan wanted you to see. Not everything that glitters giggles. I really gotta find that quote and get it right, but... They just say like don't I think some it's giggles and grins or something. Don't trust no, in giggles it's and like grins. It's like a chapter like yeah. something. But yeah, no, I I this is like going back to what Robin was talking about, like Dylan uh being Acting. a great actor. He's also just like super smart. So this is the part where I'm like I feel I have like it's two two different ways about it. Cause even when I first so like I mentioned at the beginning of the like when we first started this, like how much Aminata, um, my sister loves these books, and like I'm gonna ask her permission, and maybe I'll post on Patreon like the video I have of her where like she got to this part and was like flipping out, um, and she just was like, yeah, she she couldn't she couldn't take it, um, <laughs> and so like it's so interesting because like I when I read it, I I think by the time Dylan was once Dylan like tried to get Amari to do foul magic that was when I was like oh something's up with this kid like he's you know this is it I don't think I completely like thought he was Barrow's apprentice at that point but I knew something was up and he was suspicious um and so by this point I wasn't necessarily surprised but you know reading it as an adult you know you pick up on tropes and that kind of thing um but I was also like Robin was saying like a little impressed like I was just like how is he able to do all of this um and like i i'm just like not and not like i just i just i kept by this point i was like isn't he like like, how old is this kid right i i feel (laughs) like um yeah i feel like for for me with dylan i just think about all the times in which amari and again like we've talked about like some of the ways in which amari's still learning this world um Portia put the actual quote from Madame Violet, an illusionist should never trust that which giggles and grins. Where did, did I just put glitter in my head? Okay, whatever. My brain's... I mean, glitter. we got fits and giggles, we got giggles and... Yeah. Go- like, we got- whatever. But... So Amari is still new, and but like she's also an illusionist, and so... She's learning how to manipulate things, but she's still, for the most part, trusting what she's seeing, right? Like, she knows that she can she can manipulate what people see, but still doesn't have that like innate skepticism, which is what Madame Violet was trying to like explain to her in that quote about an illusionist should never trust what giggles and grins. But I think about all the times she looks at Dylan and he looks sad or crestfallen, or when he does try to teach her like the magic most foul, and she's like, er, that's weird. And he like, you know, is like, oh well, you know let me show you this as well. You know what I mean? And he's like very quick on his feet and like able to, I guess, 
tried he he does like and i think you get it more when you go back and like look back at what he did but like he does try to like kind of test amari and see if she's interested in like going down this path like i feel like if she would have been very enthusiastic about the magic must fell we would have gotten here much sooner but he knew like I don't know how much of it is Moreau in his like ear telling him like, okay, push, but don't push too hard. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, whatever. But even still, like he does a very good job at it. Even if he's being coached, he, he's very like adept at like he moves, he thinks on his feet. He like, he knew that she was suspecting Maria. And so then Maria becomes the apprentice, like mm-hmm. knows that like that would put his dad in like a tailspin right knows when to like he's he's just he's doing a lot of this stuff on his own and he is he's like 12 so here's here okay so when i, I first read this, this book good it's just very much like yo yeah. what the hell <laughs> when like, i first read this book i think i was just, so i mean something that if you if you've not gained this understanding about me over time um, I'm, I've always been suspicious. Like, I've always been suspicious of, of, I'm always suspicious of everyone, everything. I'm always suspicious. Like, I don't, I'm a picky eater. I'm suspicious of saying, I just, I'm very suspicious. She reads a lot of mysteries. Um, Everyone's a I do. I, I, <laughs> I've been a mystery lover since a child. So I've always, so I've always been suspicious. Um, and so I think that, like, in a marriage of that and so that's how my first reading went. I was just always suspicious of everyone. I don't trust anyone. I don't care if, like, they Elsie could have Elsie. I was like, she's a dragon, so I don't want to dislike her. But I'm also just like, but I don't know. It, it could be anyone. It could be any. It could be one of those movies, those uh, books that they make dragons look bad. And I'm, I it happens, and I'm here. I get it, you know. So I got pick up, uh, you know, after time of reading and watching and stuff. I know the different tropes to look for whenever you know we're gonna see some foreshadowing. So I've always been suspicious of Dylan, and I never put it past any rich person to be an a hole. So I'm always just right there. At the same time, um, as a frequent watcher of TikToks, um, as y'all were talking about, like, taking apart um, how Dylan was able to, like, pull this off, um, and uh, Robin, you were making the illusions about him being, like, light on his feet, it sounds like he's a fighter, right? Like, fighters have to be light on their feet. They have to be be able to read their uh, opponent and be able to know, like, where the swing is coming from and when to block and when to throw. And it, like, psychology TikTok, for me, has really taken me, like, to breaking down understanding myself, not a psychologist, but understanding myself as far as I can and understanding, like, maybe even character work um, based on, like, where are people growing up? And where does he pick up these, like, traits and these, like, um, tendencies and habits to, like, move like a fighter? And he has to move like a fighter at his own home on a regular basis. So, like, the traits that Moreau's picking up on to, like, utilize within Dylan are the things that he knows Dylan is, like, he's a fighter. He's going to look for where he can, like, take advantage and where he needs to fall back. He's he's naturally inclined to work that way because he's had to, like, build up that muscle within his household and all the things going on there. But then at the same time, um, when thinking about his strategies and stuff, it does feel like 12-year-old strategy, some of them, because, like, I don't know if y'all seen The Glass Onion yet, but, like, um, one of the key things is that, like, the main guy who um, is, like, is, like, in the middle of this big mystery 
the rich like Elon Musk-esque figure um, is painted out to be a bright person because of circumstance, but not necessarily because of like his actual actions. Yeah. And he takes from other people's talents and he's like, I didn't think about that, but now that you said it, I'm gonna use it. And so the partially for me, like him like picking up on like the Maria, like using Maria as like a scapegoat kind of thing. I'm like, that kind of didn't have to take brilliance. It really could have just taken some, like it was just something that was like easy to use in that moment. And it just answered all the things that he didn't want to have to answer for in that moment either. So I'm there's a level of like, sure, like he's good at what he's good at, but I don't know that he's like, like you, if you wouldn't have had time to actually sit and follow the clues, like you should wouldn't have been able to pick it up either. Like I just think that the bureau is wilding because they're like, Agent Maria and Fiona, uh, Agent Fiona and Magnus might have been able to pick it up, but they weren't so like messed up with all the other things that Van Helsing has them running around doing, right? I mean, I think so, it's that, and I think it's that the Bureau doesn't know anything about magicians. Like we've kind of yeah. found out in the last couple chapters, and like even in the next chapter too, like we just start to see like oh, like they, a tech a tech know, What is that? Like, they know nothing. So that's the other yeah. thing. Like Dylan's able to get through and like. A lot of he's and part of like you know he's able to adapt based on different circumstances or like new information that he's given or whatever. Um, I'm sure he. I mean, he also has time between things to come up with new plans. It's not like he has to, like, you know, be on go. Change, all the time. Yeah, all the time. But like, I know part of it is also that he, you know, he's he has the also he has the benefit of not being known as a magician. Um, so like the access that he has is different. Um, but also no, but they don't know anything about magicians. So he could do anything. <laughs> also, his dad does not know him. Like he has an advantage mm-hmm. point of like his, he's in his brother, his father's like shadow region because like his father does not pay him any mind. His, his father does not know who he is. He just knows that like, Dylan needs to, he just feels like Dylan needs to get in line with whatever he says. That's all he cares about. He doesn't care about who Dylan is as a person. So Dylan can run around taking money giving money to uh amani on the night of the old south festival like on my father's tab like because he does not pay any attention to his son or any of his kids i also um think about this in terms of like what we say with like when we talked about so many times about what it's like to be a magician and be able to hide it um it reminds me a lot of like what we talk about with like marginalized people and how we know white folks because we have to to survive. Like we know that like we're not surprised by them. Um, we pay attention to them because it's dangerous not to. We pay attention to what's going on because it's dangerous not to. And I think that that is also true somewhat of Dylan of like he's paying, like you said, like he's in his dad's shadow, he's able to like, you know, do things. And he's paying attention not only to his father and how they think of magicians, but like he's got a lot of access to the Bureau and has been in this world since birth. And so it's much easier in terms of like being able to get the black book or like do those kinds of things. Um, he knows the deficiencies, you know, it's like where they're not, people aren't going to like ask too many questions. It's, you know, how they got out of the bureau in the first place. He wrote a note that like any thinking person would have been like, this is kind of right. weird during a lockdown. During a lockdown. Right? Yeah. Um, and 
like Amari and Elsie will know what they need to bring. Like, does, does the director even talk like that, right? Like, um, but he knew that like on his forge with his dad's hand and on the stationary, people aren't going to ask questions. They're not used to pushing back on him or, you know. But also speaking of knowing when to take advantage, like not only with just Amari or anyone, he knows how to manipulate people around him because he's been learning that from his father's side his whole, this whole time. Like, yeah, but, but not if not his father like deliberately teaching him, but because like in order to make up for the, this deficit of attention, he manipulates those around him to get what he needs to get. So like he knows how to manipulate the Bureau because he knows they're in disarray. He knows they're like all running around. He's like, I can take advantage of this. I know how to take advantage of the Bureau in disarray. I've seen it. Yeah, and I think like what you're talking about though is like for me, I think that that is more in terms of like Glass Onion and stuff like that, like not, but where I'm much more impressed, I guess, not excited about it, but impressed by it is that like, Amari is not of this world. And so, no. and like, how much does he actually interact with like normal non-legacy type of people? And he was still able to kind of take advantage of Amari's trust. Um, even when he decided like to come out to her as a magician, like you could see him like doing smaller things of like looking, you know, not standing up for her in public. And we talked about this when we were earlier in the book, like not standing up for her or like really coming to her aid, but feeling, looking uncomfortable and not fully like taking his sister's side, not actively. The bare her, minimum. Um, but just being a quiet bystander and then figuring out when to, you know, sit next to her during the, um, boogeyman presentation and like do these small acts of kindness when she was so desperate for anyone to like um in that training thing to like look at her like a human and and not ostracize her um and again like a, a lot of that could be being coached by Moreau or whatever but like he was it was still really like impressive just in his dealings with Amari even um who I don't think is like actively suspicious what or was not was suspicious of him because he was a Van Helsing, but not suspicious of him as like a possible apprentice. Um, at one point she even thought like, and I think Elsie said like the magician girl could be the apprentice. Right. And as soon as she figured out it was Dylan, like, I don't think she ever thought that again. Or, like, yeah. Like, yeah that never occurred to her. Yeah. Again. It didn't occur yeah. to her. And so that is, I think where I'm really kind of impressed because Amari isn't like anyone that he's known or grown up with or like been able to kind of like see in action for a long time and still was able to 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 pull this off. And so yeah, I don't think that like I, anything that he did is like incredibly um like brilliantly earth shattering but like putting all of that together to me like that whole is like very impressive <laughs> yeah and now just the, like before yeah i do think it's also that like it's interesting because it also is like how observant is he seems like he's very observant um and what he could have gotten from like he he's fallen into amari's need for belonging and proving herself and like use that to his advantage because he like he may not have like he may not have interacted directly with bureau people who were not legacies before, but he's seen them around and he's seen the um, gauntlet that was tossed to Amari about proving herself. So he's very much taking like 
um, she's going to want a friend who feels like, like she wants some kind of acceptance and like I'm a legacy and I can be the thing that is acceptance to her and I can use that to my advantage um, in building a relationship with her. So it's very, it is very like, it's just super manipulative and I'm just oh, like, absolutely. yeah, 100%. He got, he's got that down pat, like that is trained into him. Mm-hmm. Like he knows manipulation well. Yes, for sure. Um, so Amari says, Maria, I saw her, we all did. And Moreau throws his head back to laugh some more, saying, you saw what Dylan wanted you to see. She was an illusion. And all the tech matter she supposedly performed was actually Dylan here. Amari is astounded. You disabled the shields to let the hybrids in? You're the one who set up Magnus? Maria was a victim just like Quentin. And Dylan still will not look at her. Amari shakes her head. But why? All those times you said you wanted Maria back and you knew where she was all along? Dylan stares me straight. So now he looks at her. Dylan stares uh, Amari straight in the eye. Dylan, um, uh, Maria is a coward, just like all those other weakling Van Helsing magicians before her. For centuries, they've stayed silent while the Bureau locked away magician after magician. It's like I told you, we're special, Amari, and we deserve to be treated like it. We shouldn't have to hide what we are. Moreau helped me to understand that a true magician cannot serve two masters. It's 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 hard because it's not wrong, right? We've seen this whole time, like how horrible the bureau is to magicians and how they just kind of take this uh, the way that they've kind of just like I mean, you know, calling them illegal. <laughs> For centuries, building the whole bureau on the fact that like ma- like magicians can't exist, whatever, and so all of that, and then on top of that, we've also talked about the Van Helsings and like their privilege and being able to hide the fact that they're magicians and not actually use that power to kind of challenge the situation, even though like they're a magician, like their ancestor was one of the founding members of the bureau. But yeah, just the the basically like the Van Helsings kind of creating this environment like first like putting these things into dylan but then also like creating this environment where he feels isolated and feels like he has no one to turn to um then gives moreau the opportunity to kind of swoop in and be like hey come you know come mess with us we're we're not like them and we deserve more um and we can start by sucking out the life force of your sister <laughs> like right and you know like, like, come on, like, let's let's go there, sir. So this is why he's not concerned about Amari, like, like walking up to the door and telling her to cheer freaking Moreau out because he's like, why would Amari be concerned about her brother's life force being drained out? I'm not concerned about Maria's life. So clearly, why would she care if Quentin's was? I'm fine with Maria's being gone. I even used her visage to like, like, make everyone around the bureau think that Maria's a thing. So clearly, like. Why in the world would Amari be upset by this? Like, clearly she'll see that we're the best. Like, she's a magician. Therefore, she'll see that we're better than everyone that the Bureau's ever interacted with. We're better than anything that'll ever happen. And she'll, like, totally be fine with her brother dying in front of her. Not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I think this goes back to, like, the the ends justifying the means type of thing that you only get when you... Not you only get, but, like, a certain personality type sees... um, and is something that like is used often in radicalizing people is like yes you're betraying your family you're betraying you know 
everything he thought everything that you thought was right or wrong but like especially in dylan's case like what has your family actually done for you (laughs) janet what have you done for me Um, yeah (laughs) but like you know and how have they are have they actually accepted you and like how much do you have to fit and fold and hide yourself to be accepted by them um just to be tolerated yeah or to be tolerated by them right like amari doesn't have that relationship with um her family. her family and Quentin didn't tell Amari about this whole world and the bureau and things like that but like had set stuff up that he, it, you could tell it was always a part of his plan to bring her in once she wrote like reached the right age but also like doesn't tell her because she's not a part of you know it's against like the rules or that kind of thing um, like Quentin didn't get where he was by like being a rebel against all the rules now like there's some rule following that he definitely did follow and like as much as he loves his sister he wasn't going to break the like main rule that allowed him to be able to do what he does right, right. like he's not going to and so I don't think that like, like Amari doesn't feel betrayed by Quentin like mm-hmm. she might feel a little bit like I can't believe that this this whole world you know she felt like a little bit like overwhelmed and shocked by that um but she never it didn't feel like she was ever really like angry at him for keeping it from her because she also understood like this is the way it's set up and it's a secret place or whatever so those things do not resonate with Amar the way that they would resonate with Dylan right and so like I think that and that also become like we've seen a couple times becomes like his weakness too like when he showed her the magic most foul when he you know did show her a little pieces of his internal self and she would be like ooh <laughs> a little bit too far or like are, are we sure about that right um and so yeah I think that like obviously radicalization did a lot to Dylan about feeling justified in his actions, but he he also was uniquely vulnerable in a way that Amari is not because of yeah, so all of that Van, that Van Helsing base of superiority is also one of the things that um, Moreau was able to pick up on to utilize for turning him into like his side as a magician war um, because he's like but like when Dylan says like we're special we deserve to be treated like it like that is very much a superiority like complex kind of thing of like we deserve special treatment for who we are sort of being there's one thing to be like yes we are different and we should be but that should not be penalized it's another to say we're completely different than people and that should be treated with reverence. Yeah. Like there's that's us above things. them or, yeah. Um, and even like the whole idea of like, you can't serve two different masters. It's like, why do you need to serve a master? master? What master am I serving? Look at me. I'm like, I ain't serving nobody. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not I'm not anywhere. I'm not <laughs> serving any master except for maybe like my own world. I felt a way whenever I had to get a master's degree. I was like, mm, I don't know about this wording now. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> with, <laughs> with a wave of Moreau's hands, Maria is rolled out on a gurney too, her eyes closed. That same green mist surrounds her. 
Amari keeps shaking her head while Moreau chuckles in delight. Tell her everything, child. Let her see how thoroughly she's failed, just like her full brother. Moreau's over here at Kiki Kian, and it's really he out is of instigating pocket. He's like, he is like the main instigator. He's giggling the whole time. And he's thinking about his feet and giggling, kicking back his feet. But aren't I you trying to also get her on your side? Like, this is some very Madam Violet. Is he? The though? dummy is who he? don't know nothing and the funny. coward who is her friend. Like, it's very much is like he, that. Is he trying to get her on his side, though? But that's the thing is he is that's and that's what I meant when I was talking about Dylan's like own goal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Telling her to hear Moreau out. Moreau does not care about what Amar like. He's like I already gave her her. He chance. can take or leave if Amari mm-hmm. gets on with the program or does not. Yeah, he's, like he's not tripping off of that. He's like, gonna have a good time no matter Dylan, what happens. Yeah, like Dylan wants Amari on his side. Yeah, Moreau doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Very true. And then Dylan tells Amari that he and Moreau first bumped into each other over the other net while using tech magic. And two years ago, it was Dylan who warned Moreau that Vanquish was coming to arrest him. Giving like, <laughs> he... bro, I'm sorry, Moreau is like, what's what's dude's name? Like, they need to have him on to catch a yes, Come on. Let's have a scene. Why are we but also Dylan, like he built a relationship head. with Dylan that Dylan was like, oh, I overheard that my sister is going to come arrest you. So uh, like, right, what? Because I, no, because I'm like, that's the thing. It's like, it's so like, you can just see how kids can get like radicalized and also just like preyed upon because he's, you know, Dylan is this lonely Over here wanting kid. To be special. He has to, he has, he wants to be special. He can't really confide in any of his family, including his twin sister. And so, including his magician sister, his magician sister or his twin sister. So then he's sitting here like looking on the internet for connection. Yeah, exactly. And then here's Moreau, like you know, Birdman hand rubbing all over the other net, (laughs) and and here we are. And you know he got long, greasy fingernails. You know he's just (laughs) you know it's uh dusty. Okay. giving Moreau time to wrap up his former apprentice in an illusion so he could escape. Dylan was the one who set up Quentin and Maria's kidnapping. He tells Amari how every triumph in those tryouts to kept, keep her keep her close also allowed him to remain inside the Bureau Department of Supernatural Investigations long enough to use his tech magic and figure out the wards and security systems from the inside. It was all Dylan. Attacking his sister wasn't enough. He wanted to destroy people's memory of her too. And it's just so cruel. It's really so wild. I'm confused about this part where he says, um, he tells me how every triumph in those triumphs kept me close while also allowing him to remain inside the Department of Supernatural Investigations long enough to use his tech magic to figure out its wards. That's where I think like, what Bayana was saying is that Dylan wants to keep Amari close. And I think that, like, on some level, Dylan knows that, like, Moreau can't be my only magician friend because that's weird. This man is a thousand years old. <laughs> I would like someone a little bit closer to my age, please. But, like... Who said... What, but if he, what is Boomer's... Do, sorry. I'm just going to say this. What is Boomer's freaking, um, like 
reasoning? What is their position? If a thousand year old magician can figure out tech enough to like uh, to lure in a child, but y'all can't, y'all gonna be on a congressional hearing and y'all over here asking dumb questions about tickety talk and Facebook. Right. Like, what is the reason? Like, what is the actual reasoning behind it? Because if a thousand year old magician can pull together this elaborate trap, what are y'all doing? Well, I will say that predators are always kind of like, yeah tech more more savvy um because they got yeah. have to be as opposed to just like overly privileged ignorant lawmakers um no but so my question is so like dylan was infiltrated in like keeping the so the the triumphs and stuff in the in the tryouts to keep amari close makes sense to me right so kind of what like Brian was talking about but dylan was already able to like warn Moreau that they that Quentin and Maria were on his trail to like get certain things going in what way would he not have so it's just like to also keep him um where am I looking in the bureau or to find yeah, like, to keep him inside the department of supernatural investigations long enough to use his tech magic it's like what it was stopping him from being in there it seems like he was already <laughs> No, he was the other stuff. I think was just stuff he overheard from his dad. He wasn't, yeah. The, because remember, like him and Lara are stay talking about how much random stuff their dads just be leaking. Your dad left the computer to Mari's grades right there. Like, like homeboy he, is really like to be the head of the Department of Supernatural Investigations. His little security situation is he's real. He got right. a lot of leaks. Um, he, he got posted with passwords. He is the leak. I know he can know on Magnus' he's case, but he is the leak. Um, Come on. But but he's actually, literally, hearing, he's, a he's a congressman um, tonight. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. I think just um, I think the other stuff is more like stuff he just happened to overhear. Or he could find in inside his, the in actual okay. department. Yeah, and if you think about it, like him, him getting Amari's test scores as magician girl. Um, and telling Amari, like, like you know, reaching out to Amari, like, oh, you just got your scores, like, ooh, boom, boom. Like, that was probably him testing out, like, how well he could infiltrate, like, the system. Like, he could just infiltrate, like, here, my test is, can I, t- can I get the test scores? That's test mm-hmm. two or whatever that he's been doing. Yeah. Boys, a sneak all the way through. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 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 So... I this dig about him also like just taking out his sister's name is like he she he's very spiteful to his sister. Um, um so Amari's heart breaks into pieces. Those hybrid destroying your house, that's the that bruise you supposedly got, that was just to convince me to come back. Whatever it took, Dylan shrugs. You can't be like this, Amari says. You just can't. We're at war with the entire supernatural world, Dylan says bitterly. We're fighting for magicians' right to exist, Amari. What we have to do, what is is ne- we have to do what's necessary. You should want to be a part of this. Yeah, That's I mm, I always feel like so. This is like one of those things where, you know, we talk about like at what cost? Like if if it's a zombie apocalypse, like what am I surviving for, right? Or not that this is like this on the same level as like you know the end of the world the end of the world but this idea of like we're at war and like all of these things like the ends justify the means type of thing is like amari's hearing this it's like so you're willing to shit on your your family's name slowly 
extract the life essence of your sister. Like you're willing to do all of these things. Like where, where is the line? line? And I think that like, Mara, okay. Amari doesn't, doesn't care to get Amari on. Amari doesn't know. Isn't asking where is the line. Amari's saying, like, this can't be you. Yeah. Like, this. She's like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? Like, and I just, it's really interesting to hear Dylan kind of like let loose this like unfiltered. Um. It's like an unfiltered glimpse into like his like programming, really, mm-hmm. because like. It's like Moreau is villain explaining, like he's using Dylan as a the villain explainer for him. He's the mouth. He's a translator. Yeah, but it's like, again, but also you see his like his priorities and what he wants are very different than Moreau. Like Moreau, like is like y'all said, like a thousand years old. Like the things, like he's actually sinister and like legitimately here just for evil, right? Whereas like Dylan, like wants to be. Like he doesn't, he doesn't want to be. Um, he doesn't want to have to be fighting for their right to exist. He wants, you know what I mean. Like he wants to still have a connection with people and wants to. Um, he doesn't, but he's not even that. He's like he wants to be the very best, like no one ever was. Like he yes, wants to be... but 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 I think, but it's also based off of though the way that like magicians are treated within their society. Yeah, it's like, not, he, like he can't fathom magicians and non-magicians just coexisting because of the way that they've been there has to be a hierarchy exactly they have to be elevated to like make sure that they're able to be free or accepted and like he's still moreau is looking for a world of like magician superiority to a certain extent but it's actually like moreau superior it's like me above Mm. everyone then the magicians that follow me and then i don't care what but it's not even just superior it's like it's like dictatorship yeah and societal elevation superiority for the magicians but a dictatorship right like me on top is the end goal and like you don't get the sense with dylan that like dylan on top is the end goal as so much as like i should be able to like be fully myself in this world but you're hearing like the way he's talking feels like he's talking in um manifesto yeah yeah it feels mm-hmm. and so again like amari's trying to grapple with like who are you and like this is us this is me being like or as a reader being like still who are you because like even this explanation doesn't sound like a you you yeah. it sounds like programming you know what i mean like it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like and i mean and and it's like Amari kind of mentions it a little bit later on, but it's not like she hasn't also had these thoughts. Yeah. But it's just like that she's come to a different conclusion about who she is and who she wants to be. And I think that like part of that is also that she had like family and friends and all these like people to kind of instill in her that like, you know what I mean? Like that like self (laughs) sense of self-worth and self-love that Dylan just does not have. And so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder how different Dylan would be if his, if instead of being like staying with his family or whatever, he got to move into his dorms and had an Elsie Rodriguez type of roommate who was like, "Oh, you a magician? Awesome! I'm a wear dragon, and we friends. We're besties. I'm on your side." You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot that went wrong with 
or Amari faced a lot of challenges and a lot of isolation, but she does still have like the people who are on her side, like love her fully unconditionally. And Dylan has never had unconditional love, it feels like. And so he's much more vulnerable to this stuff, but it's also um, interesting. And we'll see in this like next minute where Moreau interrupts, but like, you, you do get the sense that, like, that is what he wants. Like, that's his, like, Moreau's end goal is, like, me, dictator on top, and everything else fall where it may, but, like, I'm in charge. And, like, Dylan's kind of, like, reason and, and thing that he actually wants, so he's not, he's not going about it the right way, and he's not articulating it in the right way. It's, like, what he actually is looking for is, like, unconditional acceptance and love. He ain't gonna get it this way. I don't I don't, I think that his programming with Moreau has driven the concept of love out of, like, I feel feel like his upbringing has driven the concept of love out of him feeling like it is a necessity. I don't think he, I don't think he hears love and thinks that love is a necessity. I think he rationalizes away from love. Um, See, and I think that that he thinks he has, but that's actually right. Right, like feelings wise, he may actually have the feelings, but like in his mind, he does not think that it's like his, when he's thinking, he's not thinking about love. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, so this is not a direct illusion, but to me, it kind of feels like Moreau is the CIA who um, kind of like programmed Killmonger and Dylan's Killmonger and Amari is Nakia, who sees it better and the correct from the correct vantage point. Killmonger is like, oh no, I've been programmed to think about it like it's it's all or nothing, and that's how I'm gonna act. And Moreau is the CIA who is like, oh no, like I I'm everyone's going out for my own means. Everyone's been taught the way that I want them to be taught. Like it's like a very like this this was multi-layered in that way. Um and then I have another thought, but we'll get there. About my my main thing, and we're gonna I, we're probably gonna get there in the next couple of minutes. Um, is it very much sounds like Dylan has like interpreted Moreau's um, underlying ethics um, and the way that makes the most sense for Dylan and the way that he can best conceptualize it and the way that like um, he would would be able to do it and that's the whole like thing behind like thought leadership right is that you are able to be successful in gaining other, um, bringing other people to your cause because people are are able to interpret your actions and your cause in the way that best fits and suits what they would like to do as well, right? And um, so then, but it's like, what does Moreau really, truly want? Like we've talked about like this like dictatorship hierarchical thing, but like, why does he actually need Dylan to make this come to being? Like, what is what is his, like, why did he invest in this person? Um, and so here we get Moreau saying um, a toast while he's lifting a glass. And he says to Amari Peters, the most powerful illusionist I've sensed since my beloved brother, Vladimir himself, a shame that you must be sacrificed for the return of the Knight brothers. Wait, says Dylan, you said that she didn't have to die, that she could join us. Moreau frowns. Don't be stupid, boy. The girl clearly has no interest in our cause. I gave you the chance to win her over and you failed. But don't, but not to worry. Moreau pauses to drink from his goblet, letting the blood drip down his chin. 
She will go to death knowing that it was her sacrifice that righted the world. All those who have cursed and vilified what we are, they shall get their due. They will all be punished. It's ridiculous. I also like a, a couple things. One, uh, the fact that Monroe interrupts Dylan. Dylan is at the point where it's like when she's like, where he tells Amari like, you should want to be twins and you should want to mm-hmm. join us. And then Moreau was like, ah, ah, she lost that chance already. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, no thing. Like, the joining gave, gave, yeah. gave her, or you were supposed to do that before you got her to do it. Yeah, too late. Too late. Now she's, now she's going to be sacrificed. Um, but also, like, you can't be neat, neatly drink your blood. Like, why is it dripping down your face, bro? He has blood red <laughs> robes on to catch. He's like, look, blood that he's I want you to know that these blood red robes got it on us. It didn't come from some dye. No. I just dribble on myself all the time. I let it go down from my from my neck to my toes, dribbling blood. That's what I do. A mess. <laughs> it's, an, it's an artistic Feeling statement. Feeling it. <laughs> Feeling it. <laughs> um... Um, I uh, Mari flinches. She's had those same thoughts, wanting revenge on all those people that who've hated her for something that she didn't change. It couldn't change about herself. Those people who gave her dirty looks, or the parents who signed that finale petition on the training room door. Isn't it exactly how Mari's felt when she's had enough and pushed Emily Grant on the last day of school? It's payback for all those times that Emily made Amari feel bad about being the poor black kid from the other side of town. For daring to say that Quentin was dead, and it did feel good standing over her while all those other kids laughed, and Amari felt totally justified. But that's not how she feels anymore. We can change people's minds about magicians without hurting anyone. I've seen it happen. We just have to give them a chance to see who we really are. Didn't Elsie become Amari's friend because they gave each other a chance? And what about Ranger? What about Ranger Alford at the second tryout, or those people who clapped for Amari at the finale? Um, Amari um, is about changing minds, but without shutting herself off. And no matter how many times her efforts got thrown back in her face. And Moreau's like a touching sentiment, but I have no interest in changing minds. Right. A lion does not concern himself with the opinion of sheep. The supernatural world shall fall in line or it shall die. Sadly, a great many will have to perish before this message is fully understood. Okay, so how is he going to say sadly after two seconds two seconds ago said, I have no inches of changing minds. A lion doesn't concern itself with sheep. And then be like, oh, sadly, they're going to have to die. <laughs> Even it's though like, you just said you don't it's care. Not, so. He's like, again, emotions? He doesn't feel those. He's just saying words. He's just throwing in words. Um, I will say that I was like, oh, look at Moreau channeling his inner usher. Does the, does the moon howl back at a wall? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've heard I feel like I've heard lion and sheep before, like, like yeah. the sheeple kind of thing, like the QAnon kind of people. Yeah, I've heard it before too, but I just, um, I think that it's one of those things where, like we said, like, Moreau is very good at manipulating and getting people to, because I, I, like, let's be completely honest, um, or let's have, like, even, like, with, it's great that he has Dylan, right? And he was able to get Dylan to do his bidding. But like the minute that Dylan no longer fits into his plans, like he is off. Like everyone that's in what the room. What is? Why does he need Dylan? Like that's my main. Because I'm like, why? He already has a black key. He only really needed Dylan for the black book. 
and to get some intel for what the bureau was doing but only in so far like until he needed like he was able to pick up on the life essences enough to use it like what is the like he needed to delay the bureau with enough time to get the power he needed from maria and from quentin but like is that it like what is the real reason he needs i think he needed to dylan Dylan for access to the bureau it's like easier it's kind of like like this is a tool that's been laid in my hands and it's easier to like cultivate and radicalize this little boy and have him do my bidding than to, you know, especially now that like they, they think that I'm locked up in Blackstone prison. Like this is like an easy route to take. I just think that it's just convenience more than like needing Dylan, right? If it, if he didn't have Dylan, he'd find another way. Like that's mm-hmm. what he was doing before with his first apprentice. Right. So like, um, he didn't feel any like compunction about sending his first apprentice to Blackstone prison to, to like as himself and then replacing him with Dylan. Right. So it's just, it's all of these people form a row are tools. And so I think like, it's really interesting because Dylan sees the like or or feels very tied to the like or we think he's tied to the to the the cause right but like moreau uses the cause in service of like his own gain and things like that i think maybe the only thing he feels really strongly about is getting his brother back yeah and that's a personal like loss or per, you know what i mean it still serves him basically yeah um it doesn't having the uh, like vladimir back doesn't or not vladimir he's vladimir no no, no he's no vladimir he's trying to get okay. back. having vladimir back doesn't serve isn't going to help magician kind like you know what i mean no, but it has, like, like, it, like him wanting vladimir back came before there being a cause it feels that's like the he, thing like he, the cause is to help him Get Vladimir back. Yeah, to serve him because he could be ruling on his own. He is so it's really like I want you know he wants. And how badly does does he really want? Does he want Vladimir back, or does he just want his like? Does he want the 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 brand back? (laughs) Does he want the the Knight Brothers brand, or does he? Because he's he's all set to be a dictator. I don't think he's he's not sound like a person who shares power well. So I don't know that he actually wants to have someone who could challenge him in the way that his brother did. But I mean, I think that even that way, like if he gets Vladimir back, that's like a you know I brought you into I brought you back into this world. I can search you out again. You know what I mean? Like he still has kind of. I don't know. know, He feels like he has enough of a range that he would know better. Like you know, I feel like he would know better. I don't know, but it 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 is very much to me like we're seeing how how Moreau uses this cause to further his own goals, and how Dylan truly is committed to like this cause, no matter how like flawed it is and useless and so through the eyes of amari she's like this cause is dumb too like or this isn't even i agree with like the cause but not 10 percent of the cause like you've outlined here or like i see how you got yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. i see how you got here and um it's kind of like the slippery slope type of thing so well (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
In celebration of eight years of BNC, we've launched our Batty Road Trip Patreon campaign. Help us reach our goal of $1,000 a month in Patreon support by becoming a patron at any tier and stay tuned for fun content, community events, and more all summer long. Head over to www.patreon.com slash blacknerdscreate. Amari slowly reaches to her pocket and she sends Agent Fiona a message. But when Amari glances at the screen, Moreau's image appears wagging a finger at me and the phone shorts out, which gives me early OO's uh, Disney movie whenever they'd have like a virus and it'd be like this like random virus with like a egg or something cracking and then like a head poking out like ah ah ah. <laughs> like it gives me early OO's. Um, poison sign just like comes in pixels and like do 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 do. Yeah. Um, Moreau stands and pulls the black book from his robe with another flutter of his fingers it opens to a page he sets the book down in front of him then he balls a hand into a typefist covers it with the other hissing the words death store the green mists around Quentin and Maria swirls in the air before colliding into a far wall reforming into a shimmering green door as ghostly as the tents at the All Souls Festival with the swish of his cloak Moreau glides over to the door. He gives it a single knock and shouts, Come forth, my old friend, not brother. Come forth, my old friend. Come forth, Vladimir. The shimmer door begins to crack open, and then Moreau's gleeful eyes return to Amari. You shall supply the magical blood he'll require to nourish himself back to a proper magician. And then with a wave of his hand, Moreau lifts Amari out of the chair and drops her to the front of the glowing door. A ghostly skeletal arm reaches out from behind it, scratching and clawing to reach at her. And the Moreau's magic is so strong that she can't even move. She can't even perform an illusion. She's so helpless. Yikes. A blast of energy streaks into the air, hitting Moreau square in the back. Here we go. The old man's arms snap to his sides and he collapses. And then Dylan stands over him, pointing his stun stick. Moreau hisses up at him. You would challenge me now when we're on the brink of ultimate victory? Dylan closes his eyes. You know what we are to each other. I can't just watch her die. Weakness, Moreau snarls, to put sentiment before power. You are an unworthy of being called a magician. <laughs> just very silly because, like, you have the magic whether you do or not. Like, you're a magician whether you... But it's also I'm like, really like funny because I was worthy of standard, standard, right? Because, like... Exactly. What you're doing all Amari this is for back. to Dylan is what Vladimir is to Moreau. Like mm -hmm. you're doing all of this to get, you know what I mean? Just but it's hypocritical. Like, so are you? I'm just, but like this is, but like us see from Moreau's side, you was ready to let your sister die, but you won't let this stranger that came into your life a couple of months ago die. Like no, what's... they have a they have a they have a connection. Like, imagine like I was gonna say, imagine like the you know sparkles mm -hmm. connection. <laughs> Um, Dylan growls back you've had centuries to restore magicians to their rightful place and yet I'm the one who got you the black key and I'm the one who took the black book no I think you're the one who's unworthy time's up old man crazy he you do not have the power <laughs> he could have been stood up to this man but you know what sometimes yeah. you gotta it, it takes it takes your it takes the person you met three months ago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to put you to do what needs to be done. Ugh. 
I will say, you did not. Um, shout out to Dylan for doing what I thought Snape was doing the whole time in the Harry Potter series, and how disappointed I was by that ending. But this one, I was like, yeah, you got it, you got it. Play along, and then the apprentice becomes. Yeah, I never thought Snape was a good person. I knew that he, that Snape had orders not to intervene with Dumbledore's death. That's all I knew. Yeah, no, I just I think it's it's. Yeah, interesting that Dylan is like, nah, this is this is the straw. But also, again, like we know that like, at like, it's hard because they're not even hard. It's just like when people want friends or like they want the connection, but they don't know how to forge it in a way that's not like manipulative. <laughs> so it's like, I he genuinely does care about Amari. Genuinely has like. You know, he, you know, more he, than Maria. I'm like, I just, yeah, all of that. Is We're all there on a journey. But Come also, on. they, but also, we, we learn, like, I mean, they go a little bit into it in the next chapter, I think. But, like, their relationship isn't, you know, it's not like it's the, the best. best. I get that. The closest. I don't and, the like, close, yeah, yeah, it's I'm still problematic. Close, yeah. It's not to say that, like, he should be cool with his sister just lying there. But I think that, like, for a month, he, this is Amari is like one of the first people he's able been able to find like a common ground with and like connection and feel like you know they're actually friends and like she's actually looking out for him and I don't think that he when he first started like trying to talk to her and get close to her that wasn't something that he was expecting which I think is also why we see the way that he like fumbles a lot in the beginning mm-hmm. when he's trying to get closer and it's not really working because it's not genuine um, and at the point that it flips to genuine, it's like he's still manipulating her, obviously, because he's trying to get her to this point. But he also wants her to be on his side and wants her to stay with him as opposed to just like. I think he sees Amari you know. as like the validation for like that he's doing the right thing. He's like, if I can get Amari to want to do it too, then that justifies mm-hmm. that what I'm doing is the right thing. Because Amari's a good person and I believe in her ethics and she's like shown me what like that her ethics are so she if she i can make her agree with me then that means that like i'm i'm right i'm doing mm-hmm. it i'm a good and he probably is also day. thinking like it reinforces what he's doing right like amari may not think that she agrees with me but i'm helping to make her world better right we're going to be more accepted and then she's gonna you know what i mean like it kind of off with dylan a lot of it is ends justifying the means type of thing but what i think is really funny is i think a lot about this with like I feel like we're, I'm just dragging Aminata's younger self all throughout this podcast. But mm-hmm. when Ami was a kid, and I only say this, I'm sure other kids go through this, but she's the kid that I know. Um, and we would go to the playground and she would go up to kids and like start laughing awkwardly. Like she wouldn't introduce herself. She would just be like, I'm going to like slide in here and become friends. And then we had to kind of do the whole like, no, you need to say like, hi, I'm Aminata. Do you want to play with me? Like, I remember we used to like try that and she used to do this like, weird like you i mean you see it in like sitcoms and stuff too where like the person just like joins a group and they're laughing and then they start fake laughing even though they have no idea what's going on type of thing and i feel like that's how dylan has kind of been interacting (laughs) and then amari doesn't know the whole him because he she is just now finding out like the apprentice part of it but like he's, he's only shown her what he want he thought would make but, her make himself appealing to her really true but like, also i think shown he's shown, shown he her a lot more than he's shown anyone else yeah. she's seen more of him and i do think that like the you know when he's teaching her to draw illusions at his at the lake house or whatever and when they're um when he comes to her house and 
I think that is who Dylan thinks is the real him. Like he's very like I think he's compartmentalized so much so often that like he doesn't even really know that kind of split, right? Like I don't think that um he's aware that like no, this is this is now her figuring out who he is in totality and she's <laughs> she's going to reject it, right? Um and so I think that that's also really important because when it comes to like turning on Moreau, it's like I did all this stuff, and I'm and I and you're still going to take the one person who knows me um, and who is closest to me. You're going to still take her away from me, and so um, I think it's easier for him to like make that decision. Um, I feel like for, so, okay, I want to say this as uh, a bridge here to the audience. We're super, like, sorry, not sorry about how long this episode is going to be, but if there's going to be an episode that's going to be super long, it would be this one, because we've been waiting <laughs> for 12 years to get to, like, take, un- like, the symbol, like, Dylan and, like, him being the, like, the ultimate person behind the orchestration of this all. So apologies in advance. Take this at your own pace as you go through here. We we appreciate you for getting this far and hope you will carry on with us as we get to the end. But also, um, I because like and cause I'm saying that because I know I'm about to go in deeper and I like because I just love um, where you're going there with that too because like it reminds me of that song like I like me better when I'm with you mm-hmm. and like I like he he very much is like. Like he spends when he's spending time with Amari, and like I said, he was showing himself that he thought was the most appealing parts of himself to Amari. So he's like, if somebody likes me when I feel like I'm at my most appealing, then I am clearly like the best. Then like I I know what makes people draws people to me. I know how to be a person that people want to be around, and I know how to be around people who I like. Like it's not that it's not enough to just have people around me like Lara would. It's like he wants particular people and he's singled out Amari as a particular person that he would like to have around him. And it started out because like she's a magician. That's why he wants her around him. But it became deeper than that. It became that he actually started to appreciate like who she is and she started to appreciate who he was. And that's what makes him feel good inside is that someone appreciates him for who he is. And he's never had that before. Um, and so it's it's given me a lot of like, it's so funny like I like I keep <laughs> quoting you for this but I know that it's like um it's a general understanding but like we all are reading the same books but like different stories kind of based same thing kind of thing mm-hmm. and it's like your reading of a thing is also tapped into like who you are as a person and your growth and your journeys that she's been through right um and I like reading in Dylan um especially this aged in time when you're kind of like testing out who you are and adjusting it based on reactions of the people around you and how those reactions make you feel. And you can really tell that Dylan, as he's testing out his personality um, through like gauging, like how Amari reacts to him, how um, Amari, the closest person to Amari outside of like how he feels like he's building a relationship with her is Elsie and how like um, Elsie, how much Amari values Elsie's opinion. And he, so he's kind of like giving in a little to that. Um, but then he also has Moreau on his other side, and he's like, like Brian was saying earlier, part of him feels like creeped out by this old man who found him on the internet. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, 
it's like a mint he's he's aware of a minty situation he's aware of like a his this universe and the rules of this universe and how much he is supposed to have a an older person guiding him that's what his father set him out for um so it's really interesting seeing these different components of dylan's personality happen to come to a like a like a standoff yeah and as much as i like dislike dylan for all the crap it's completely understandable and that's what makes the writing good is that you can understand how the characters got to where they are and while you might be pouring part of yourself in it in your own journey into this understanding it's a it makes for really like compelling storytelling because it really does grip you yeah totally definitely and i think that like bb often as the author also does a very good job of like not giving dylan a path for the choices that he does make but you know like you said like you understand the understanding of like where how he gets here but also the the he doesn't shy away from the complexity of it like with mm-hmm. with moreau moreau's very much like we said like a black and white villain um but even with amari's like kind of like oh i under like oh i felt this like but there's a different and a there's a different way that I think is a better way um, to find that acceptance and to find that like peace. And it's not to scare people into submission. It's to just like be open and vulnerable and let them see you. Like, I think, you know, it's very, easy to see like like we've been saying this whole time just like building off of the van helsing like director van helsing has probably never let anyone really see him he's putting on this performance right um he wants to be the you know like we just said like for someone who is the head of the department of supernatural investigations his security is terrible (laughs) so like but his performance of someone important Security theater. Security you know? theater, yeah. right? But his performance and his his position is more important than actually being good at his job, um, or knowledgeable about his job, and and the legacy. And we've seen like throughout the bureau, being a legacy is more important than having the best people or meritocracy does not exist and this is another example of why like meritocracy especially in this universe is not something that you should take for granted here because it doesn't exist agent magnus who's touted as like you know the textbook of like what you want to be when you want to be a special agent doesn't know what tech magic is doesn't know what and also is arrested because he's framed and they just take like he yeah he's a figurehead and he's arrested like or he's not the figure he's the model and he's arrested yeah it's the gold standard. So it's it's yeah, it's really it's a great um it's a great piece of writing. It's a great story, but it's also a great like re- reflection of I think that's what all great stories do too as well. It's like it reflects a lot of like real world circumstances and in Dylan, especially right now, we're seeing all of those inputs. how all of those inputs filter into something that can be very problematic and, and destructive um, as opposed to like constructive and 
we all said like it, it's crazy how many Van Helsing's have been in how the Van Helsing magicians have been in the bureau this much time and like have never done anything to change the position of magicians. And here's Dylan like on paper doing what we said, like you know, like trying to change the lives of other magicians, but the execution is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that he was taught about it, it was underhanded, and so the way he tries to do it is severely underhanded, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. So and I feel like, it's, and and you know, also to go to like also again, don't have my my degree in um, psychology, but um, I would talk about the like. I guess the symbolism of like what's kept in the dark and you feel like you have to keep uh, stays in the dark kind of thing um being the like one of the bigger components of what makes him so angry about it all is that like if he didn't have like these centuries of darkness of Van Helsing magicians to play into and like acknowledge would he be as inclined to get and I sit at the same table with someone who has such dark inclinations for everyone else, right? Like, would he even be willing? Because like, he's, he's like, low-key, the, like, the lessons he's been taught by the Van Helsings, the uh, ones who have had and haven't had uh, magical abilities this whole time, is that um, certain things must be conducted in darkness, especially magicians. And so uh, Moreau being as dark as he is, um, and be like, and I hate the, the idea of darkness, like dark being connotated with like whatever. Um, but Moreau being as underhanded as he is sounds right because he's been taught his whole life that magicians are underhanded. So this plays right into what he thinks that magicians are supposed to act like and what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to handle situations. And if he didn't have those stereotypes, then maybe he wouldn't think about it this way. He wouldn't think this is the right way to do it. He would think of some other way, but he he doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So I really want to get to this part because I think it's. Yes. <clears throat> you do not have the power to steal my magic, boy, Moreau shouts. Dylan says a series of strange words and his hands erupt into silver flames. For a second, I thought he was about to do like the symbols like from uh, Naruto. He balls them into fists and streaks of silver light pour out of Moreau and into Dylan. Impossible! Impossible! <laughs> Moreau shouts. I scramble to my feet as Moreau does his best to crawl away from Dylan. The guy fades into dust right in front of me. The black book slams shut, and the skeletal figure is yanked back through the ghostly screen door before it dissolves into a mist. I wouldn't have believed I could do it until you told me about Director Horace's vision. A non-magician wouldn't know this, but the two-headed snakes represent magicians who have stolen magic from another magician, twice as dangerous. Please, I beg, let me have my brother Maria. Let us go. Dylan just shakes his head slowly. Forget about them. They'll only get in the way. He meets Amari's eyes. This is about us, Amari. We're the born magicians of this age. I realize now that this is our time, not the Knight Brothers. You're, you're a born magician too, Amari asks? I know I've told you so many lies and you have no reason to trust me, but we share a bond that is more powerful than anything else in the world. Why do you think I was strong enough to steal Moreau's magic? Our magic calls to each other. I think back to when I created that Amari Blossom without even really trying, or when Amari made the illusion throw that spaghetti at Lara, and the fire illusion at the table during the welcome social, even Amari's first illusion at the crystal ball Dylan was in the front row. Every time Amari's magic has overflowed into illusions, 
Dylan has been right there. Help me do what the Knight Brothers couldn't. The Bureau won't stand a chance. We have the Black Book and the Black Key. We've got the power to do whatever we want. This world could be ours. Emotion flickers across Dylan's face. I don't want to be alone. Yeesh. So <laughs> I always think about this when I think about like, I don't know how to say this in a way that isn't whatever, but shooters, like uh, the, the kind of like quote unquote lone wolves, radical white boy men um, who do the most dangerous stuff is like incels, right? Like the, the whole list of like just radicalized on the internet kind of things and how we talk about in this day and age right now, especially in America, like loneliness as an, ep- as an epidemic. And this is like one of those like very stark moments when he actually says what like deep down he wants, right? I don't yeah. want to be alone. But right before that, a, like a breath before that, he's like, forget about our sibling. Right. <laughs> like, and it's it is very much like when you when you hear like kind of like those incels and stuff talk about like wanting companionship and wanting all this stuff, but they don't actually know what that means and that it and like and that human connection takes sacrifice and and takes some amount of like give settling and give right yeah and like and 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 vulnerability as well and so like. Scaring Amari or threatening Amari into standing with you, you're still going to be alone. Like, she might, you know, play the role or whatever, but you're still going to have that deep feeling of of loneliness because you're forcing her to submit to your to your will and you're not giving anything. And so I think that, like, I love the fact that, like, we have this, like, glimpse into like what he actually like his actual desire is but also again i go back to saying this like how he's gotten wrong the way to get what he truly wants and how he's also just Mm -hmm. fundamentally misunderstood what that means you know Mm -hmm. um the way to truly not be alone is to be vulnerable is what amari is saying is like having those moments of true genuine connection with all of these people and letting them see you and then letting them come to the conclusion on their own that you're someone. It's like he's fixated on Amari being the only person that he could be vulnerable to. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's not allowed for that concept that he can be vulnerable with other people. Like he's trying to protect himself so much that he's like, Amari's a special one. I'm a special person. And then that's what how it happened. And not that like, if I had only tried doing this with other people as well it wouldn't be a singular experience it would it could be experience i could share with multiple people and that like i have to or that amari isn't is not enough like you don't want to be alone and you've put all of this expectation on amari to be the person to be with you but like how great would it be to have I mean, both up for failure. amari and maria Go, uh-huh. you know what I mean like having one person become your everything is just as isolating and lonely and then also scary for that person right like it's just like it's not gonna actually get you what you want and so 
Um, yeah, it's just, whew, he is literally the embodiment of all of the like scary, radicalized youth that like we see in the news every day. And it's like, this is- but he's also, that's the only thing about like, as much as I like feel sometimes that is un, un like that's untenable to me. Like there's just, cause literally there's a lot of different reasons why you could do you could take any road of in front of you and decide to like, walk down the road of being an incel. But for me, I think what makes this a little bit more, um, or something more, maybe it's just as relatable. Maybe it's, maybe this is directly, this is exactly how incels get there. Um, is that like, you know, I don't know, but I've, I've been there. Like I've been in a place where I've been like, oh, maybe it's just, I'm cool with one person and that's fine. Maybe I'm not for everyone's a cup of tea. And I'm only going to get along with so many people. And like one if one good friend is good. One good friend is is great. Like, right? Like you're just like, I'm going to take my, make my peace with the fact that I'm only going to have one good person who understands me. And then that's, that's just where life is, right? Um, and I think that like he's, he just needs a little bit, like he's 12. He just needs a bit more world experience. He just needs a little bit more time to be around more people who aren't. Uh, people that he's been around his whole life um, who have not shown him that they can be he, that he's safe being vulnerable around them. I think the difference between that though, which shows why you're not an incel or wouldn't get there, is that your understanding of like one person getting me is enough is not to say then that everyone who doesn't get you is bad. Must die. Yeah, <laughs> or not even must die, but yeah. like is bad or is actively ch- rejecting you. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you have the understanding of, like, sometimes, some people are not for some people, right? Whereas, I think, in this case, and then in the cases of, like, incels and just radicalization in general, it's, like, this idea that everyone has this hive mind of Amari is special because every single other person has actively rejected me. As opposed to, like, they just don't know you. They don't, they actively, they don't know that you're a magician, they don't know much about magician kind in general. So they're they're reacting to the fear that they've been indoctrinated with the same way that you are reacting to, you know, being pushed to the margins. And that's why Amari's solution of like, we need to be vulnerable with everyone. And then in turn, maybe like have this open, like, or, like start this understanding, this mutual understanding, mutual respect and kinship. Sorry. Um, start this like open understanding is the way to then like combat that. Whereas Dylan's like, no, they understand. They just re- have rejected. <laughs> and so it's like, that's, but that's not actually the truth. And so um, very scary. And then we'll see like right here is like Amari says, you shouldn't hurt the people that care about you. I don't want power. I just want my brother back. And he snaps and is like, you're no better than Maria. Like, I mean, <laughs> like you're, you're now how did, how did we get here? Like, like, he had an older sister tell him, like, we got to care about other, like, this is a basic lesson that I hope that I have taught you as an older sister, just the, the bare minimum. Please care about the people who care about you. That's just, just do that. Mm-hmm. Just care about the other people who care. They fed into you. Feedback, just care about them. Just, just care. Just one word. Yeah. I should have known it by your reaction to foul magic, but I guess I hoped. Then his expression goes ice cold. Then I'm going to have to take your magic. It's like, dude, 
zero to 100 real quick. Mm-hmm. That's Moreau. Real quick. That's what I was, yeah, I was going to say. And then he went, from, he went from Dylan to Moreau. In one quick step. Quick step. And then, yeah, Amari says, even if it kills me, and Dylan's like, this is your choice. Like, it's not on me. No, you decided to care about other people. Corner you care, you decided to care about other people. I don't care about other people. I've told you over and over again. You I don't want care. me to save my sister, so now I have no well, choice. I sit here for months on a table. But to you kill you sit, both. Like, what other choice do I have but to put you on the same slab as she? Good day. So, Amari said, or Dylan says, then um, defend yourself. Amari says, I don't know how. And <laughs> Dylan, then this is goodbye. Amari and Peters. It's so. Solace, solace Amari. This is solace. Yep. Um, so Dylan, or Amari's looking for a stem stick. She makes a run for the front door, but Dylan knocks off her feet with a wave of his hand. And then Amari throws open her arms and says, solace. I begin to glow, but Dylan puts out my light. You have to do better than fair magic. His hands erupt in silver flames. Your life depends on it. And I think he's trying to like force her into. Yeah. His... Again, he's still looking for a, like a, like validation for where he's turned, and he's and I think it's, to her. And I think it's be, interesting. This is the only way. This is the I've learned. This is the only way. You need to learn the same lesson I learned. This is the only way. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting like idea, or interesting is like. <laughs> It's it's an idea that uh, foul magic is somehow stronger than fair magic, just inherently, mm-hmm. and like, and also, I mean, even the like delineation between the two, I think, is part of the problem. Is like, if you put some of those spells, like obviously some of those spells are horrible, but we've also talked about how like solace could be used to blind people. So mm-hmm. like, there there are, I'm sure, even some of the like foul magic spells could be used in ways that are more benign. Um, so, like, one, the delineation and, like, the separation between the two, and then the idea that one is stronger than the other and that you can only use, like, you can't be defeated by fair magic is just, like, uh, it's, it's, short. it's something, like, it's just, yeah, and I think that, like, you know, if, when Amari has more time to actually, like, study and, like, you know, not having to, like, look for her brother and not having to, um, hide her magic and whatever, like, has more time to practice, um, I'm sure she'll be able to see, you know, ways that you can strengthen the magic that you use. And so that separation won't matter as much, but just that like Dylan has completely like fed into that, that he can only be stronger if he uses foul magic is like, yeah. But it's also very Moreau, but I want to say mm-hmm. that strength and fa- uh, foul magic versus fair uh, very much gives me, um, I don't do sports like that, y'all know. But I didn't. I did it enough. I'm not completely like under. I I did go to football games and different school, uh, stuff like that to understand some things. Um, the concept of like playing to the left, like being a lefty, it's like people don't necessarily. They're not usually like prepared to play against a left-handed player unless they've come like they've had to like learn that right. So it's not necessarily that foul magic is stronger it's that people have if they've been practicing one kind of magic the whole time they're less likely to be aware of how to defeat the other one because they've not come across it so often if you come Mm -hmm. across fair magic all the time you're not gonna you're gonna be thrown for a loop once a foul magic comes at you 
same difference if you're playing around with foul magic all the time. But there's because of the stakes and sacrifices behind foul magic, you're less likely to get see foul magic and be versed in it. So it's not that, that it's stronger, it's that it's taking you by the like by um your unawareness of it because you just haven't been um versed in it enough to like like build up your counters and your immunity towards it so it's not like that's one thing i can't think i like happens across like different magic systems and different story worlds right is that like it always seems like the magic that is the the meaner the most uh sacrificial magic is like given this concept of being like stronger because it takes a, a mental state that requires like being divorced from emotion but like for the most part it's that like this like Thanos like getting rid of uh Gamora kind of thing it, it takes a level of sacrifice of humanity that like it's not you should never sacrifice that level of humanity and so it's going to be rare and therefore less recognized and less uh uh less of a thing that people are prepared to fight against. Yeah. As someone who's left-handed, there's also the idea of like things just not being built. Yeah. For that, the idea that like they don't even know tech magic exists. So how could they possibly ward against it, right? Mm-hmm. Um and like wars, like what the word ward implies magic. So there's some level of magic being practiced at the Bureau. They have wards against magic. No, they definitely practice magic. They just don't, they just don't like people who have magic. I think it's the humans can't have magic except yeah. the little thing that they're given by the crystal ball, but yeah, everything else can. Yeah. See, that's like, that's so messed up. But I, yeah, hypocrites, hypocrites them all. I mean, they're hypocrites, but also Moreau and the Knight Brothers definitely messed it up for everybody. Yeah. If they yeah. had had more but chill, people would Why are two people going to mess it up for everyone? Like, it's I mean, like, I'm it's not like, saying that they should have. Like I'm just saying that this yeah. man, it's we like thought of it. TSA. Like, we whole, air, like, airlines and airports change because of 9-11 and a shoe bomber. And here we are. Yeah, I, and I'm not saying that it's right, but I'm also saying yeah. the man who had a golden table drinking blood on top of golden chairs i just feel like if he had decided to stop before the vampirism it might have been okay agreed but like or just keep the vampirism to yourself like ain't nobody gonna be like okay you took out a deer okay we don't need you to know, know you know what i just we're, realized we're twilighting know everything. over here there's twilighting over here you're you twilighting I realized, y'all edward cullen as a, um, as a no no i'm not even going there underhill was dealt with and then yeah by his his canine teeth Mm. how recently was that but how 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 recently but i'm sure he's yeah but i'm sure he's like you know, you refrigerated some of it. Like the man was sa- the man was there by himself, so he had to have a refrigerator somewhere. Oh, you know, oh, no. So I, mm. I want to know more about under his story. That's the one thing that we didn't get here that I would have appreciated. Is like, how did he come about well, being the, like? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Tangent. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. The magnophobia spell is on the tip of Amari's tongue but she can't bring herself to say it she promised herself she'd never use foul magic again and to be and to be a good magician no matter what 
someone that Quentin would be proud of, and she closes her eyes, her whole body shaking. I'm sorry, Quentin. They were right all along. I'm not good enough. No. No. I shake those doubts from my mind. That's not me anymore. I um, Amari is not the girl who gives up. She is the girl who tries, who fights, who believes. I love that. She sorry. Op- when I when I read that, I was just like, you go, girl. <laughs> that, that's exactly who you are. Know who you are. Show, Show them, them who, who you, you are. are. <laughs> Amari's eyes open with a burning realization. I'm unstoppable. Something inside me bursts and my whole body uh, goes white hot. The black flips open and dozens of Amaris appear around the office, each with their hands lifted to the sky. Finally, an Amari glittering armor appears at the center of the room. Let's go. She winks at Amari. Dylan staggers backwards. How? This isn't like any other times my magic has overflowed. Because Amari's not just reacting. That is Amari deciding. Amari amazing. Dylan doesn't. Dylan won't win. At that, he, the armored Amari lifts her hand to the sky and says, "Fitness, Benice." Uh, thunder booms overhead and lightning explodes through the roof and into her hand. The last thing that Amari sees is an eruption of blinding light. Period. She said, "So, least one word." She said, "So, least Maxima." She Max- said, "Thor." <laughs> You did say Thor. She said Thor. By <laughs> the hammer of uh, Molnir. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mirror, mirror. Um, whew, a lot went down. I love that. And a we lot. had a lot to say about what went down, but a lot went down. Yeah. And uh, that's that's where we end. Wow. Who's your MVP? Yeah. <laughs> Amari, obviously. Any difference? Right. No, She's no. Great, and I just love, I just love the love, especially the end of her. Like, you know, the, the most of this chapter, she's been her. having to learn a lot of different things. She's been in danger. She's been afraid. She's like been doubting herself. And I think also, you know, being confronted with thoughts that she had before and things that she's still dealing with, and kind of seeing like where she doesn't want to be and what she doesn't want to do. Um, and then finally, in the end, just like believing in herself and being like, "No, I got this. I can do this," and like doing it. Yeah. Love that for her. I also love doing that it, well. it is a decision. Like she decides, mm-hmm. like, "No, <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. too weak. I'm not going to fold. I'm not going to give up." Like, it doesn't matter that he's gotten Moreau's power. That he knows more. He's been in this world. Like, I decided that like this is not where it ends for me, and so. Yeah, Amari is definitely my MVP as well. I made Amari my MVP, but I also want to MVP um, a pat on the back, I would say, um, to all of the communities that do not use your vulnerabilities against you. And I think that, like, really between, like, you two uh, with with Wizard Team, um, this showed me that I could be in this space and not have to like, again, I'm very suspicious of people and things, uh, look over my shoulder for like it coming back to me to as like it being used against me. Um, and that is very rare in spaces and communities that you not, not always like looking for the other like shoe to fall and someone to use something that was a vulnerable moment and that y'all showcase that and like sharing things that like you may not even want to didn't think about it too hard as you were saying it and then it came out and then that was a vulnerability on display 
but it really does make for um like a, tr a trust building moment of like i like if you can share that then maybe i can share and we're not gonna we're gonna it's a space that goes without like we will judge you for your taste in boy bands and avocados but mm -hmm. not for <laughs> as someone <laughs> No, this is fact. Not... <laughs> this is true. And not for, <laughs> um, not for who you are, um, if, unless you're an a-hole, because that's that's on a whole other level, and nobody's going to f with that. So I really appreciate that, and that is why BNC is so magical to me. Oh my goodness! I wasn't expecting the feels. I know. <laughs> um, excuse you. We don't do that here. I don't know where you think we do that, but we don't do that here. Uh, but thank you. Okay, Moreau. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, wow. Thank you. Bench. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Can I go first? Um, yeah. I want to bench Dylan. I wanted to like give a special benching to Moreau for just, um, not having a Chris Hansen in the, in the, uh, supernatural world because, <laughs> My man was literally preying on children on mm -hmm. the other net, and that, yikes. But I had a hard time. Which says a lot about other net security and, like, who's monitoring what is. Yeah, and I had, and I, do, I just want to, like, special bench him because I did have a hard time benching Dylan this chapter because, and this is, like, a, also a testament to B.B. Austin and, like, how well he did with, writing this chapter and we talk about this all the time about like being able to explain and understand the like reason behind something without having to mm -hmm. accept that that's the conclusion that you come to and like also being like free real free will <laughs> is a thing um and it, it gets difficult when you're reading about kids and i always have to remind myself because we'll see stuff like in our everyday world where like someone is like oh, I'm so sorry I said this racist thing, but I was a child or whatever. And I'm like, I never went through a racism phase as a kid. Like I- And as, as you were going through your racist phase, what do you think I was, I was going, going through? I was going through the, being the victim of your racism, right? And so I, it, I did have to like really sit with myself and say like, no, Dylan is old enough in the same way that Amari is old enough to like look at the inputs that she went through and look at what, and in some ways not to play oppression olympics but in a lot of ways had it worse than dylan faced a lot worse backlash than dylan as well not just from being a black child uh black girl but being a magician in this world he never was an open but like he saw the treatment of others or he saw how they were talked about but he was never treated that way because he wasn't open about who he was mm -hmm. um and he had the ability and the foresight to hide that um and the, I guess the privilege like as well but like closeting if you might if you think about it that way too like he was closeted if you want to like yeah. about yeah his... and and i and i don't you know discount like the um challenges that go around with, that go with along with being closeted but he knew enough to know that safety was in being in the closet whereas amari did not even get that privilege right or that choice, I would say. I don't know if it's a privilege to be closeted, but it's a choice. And so I I did have to really like sit with myself and I, my initial instinct was to just bench Moreau. Um, but then you have to say like, okay, even if Dylan is 12, 
by 12, you know right from wrong. You have hopefully the ability to make different choices. And for every person that we know of who comes from a certain situation and they make the wrong choice, there is someone who comes from just as awful a situation or, you know, differently awful situation and makes the right choice, right? You can't excuse away free will, I guess, is the best way to say that. And like, you can't excuse away the choices that Dylan made along that route to get here. Um, and he really solidified his benching in that last minute of like, you're just as bad as Maria, you got to die. Like, the whole time we were like, we can, we can understand how, Amari can understand how he got yeah. here. We can understand how he got here. We're a little perturbed by like, not a little, we're very we're perturbed, perturbed by getting here, but we can. Yeah, but we could, we got you. We see it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I did, I bought, I benched Dylan and Moreau. Um, for both of the reasons that for the reasons that you were saying robin like i think going into this chapter i expected to just bench dylan um so part of my my dylan benching also has to do with all the moments because we weren't doing it spoiler heavy like all the other chapters where i would have benched him instead it's like a mega bench like it's like yeah for at least three times the number of benches that he's actually here exactly so that's like also part of it is like it's a retroactive benching, but also for stuff that's in the chapter too. It was just like the one, the actual time where we I could actually do it. Uh, but also for the reasons that you're saying, Robin, like how he got there makes sense, but the fact that he's there <laughs> is is the problem. Um, and then Moreau, because he again is a predator and like was preying on this kid, is like preying on his vulnerabilities and his isolation and having him do all this stuff where like you could have just been a great mentor to him like he needed someone who actually like cared about him and instead you just were like you know get another another tool to put on my in my chest or whatever and like um yeah yeah Moreau can go I also benched Dylan and Moreau but I just want to the different angle like I agree with everything that was said before predator ick yes I just want to say also about Moreau is that like how disappointing like you lived for a thousand years and the the most you got out of life was dying in a cabin with a golden table and blood dripping down your snout. Like, are you serious? He, didn't even, like, he had all this time being hidden. He was never in prison. He never took you the time to hit the Yetis. secret layer? The Sasquatches had right, like Sasquatch. a, a real estate empire with any of like and they are not they they work with the bureau but they're not against keeping things under the table you could have had a nice you don't have a freaking um a freaking no uh, wi-fi you don't have a hoard somewhere there's not a hoard of riches a vault you didn't invest like why are you in a cabin where a man died like why wasn't there why didn't amari and dylan step into a portal into your actual layout because there was no way you would ever be caught dead in a cottage with freaking papers and medical paraphernalia just all over the place like why i disappointing disappointing seriously he didn't diversify his bond um (laughs) yeah that's that's very valid that's very valid thank you for listening we will be back next week for chapter 33 Wizard Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create. If you want to keep up with our other content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Twitter at BLKNerdsCreate, at Yana Wrote It, at Robin underscore Rambles, and at Portia. 
Um, and you can follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Black Nerds Create. Subscribe to our monthly magic newsletter and don't forget to rate and review. Y'all, next week is the last chapter. That's crazy. We're finishing the book. I we definitely I mean I we got to this is the chapter like I, again I said this earlier, I apologize. We this is the chapter where we were gonna go in. Uh I, I don't I don't know if that's true for the next one or not, but we really I'm glad that we got this moment because we've been holding on to this not talk about Dylan. I know this whole yeah, time for the whole time. I mean, and I was gonna say too, like when um Bayana was saying like I I you benched Dylan partially for all the other benches like towards the end. Um, I don't know if y'all caught this, but I was finding ways to not act like the I didn't apprentice. bench Maria. I benched the magician's apprentice, and I would like the record yeah. to reflect when you go back and calculate the votes that vote goes to Dylan because <laughs> um, he's actually the magician's apprentice. Apprent- the magician's apprentice. apprentice. Um, also, I just want to note that if you guys haven't got your votes in, um, next chapter, that's it. We're going to figure out who wins and loses the book. So like, we're, we're accepting I'm probably going to... I was thinking about that and I'll probably we made a special make an episode? announcement yeah. on social i was gonna just do like maybe an announcement on socials Mm -hmm. like we could do like a little graphic i don't know we'll figure it out yeah because we still need to get your benches for the last chapter your votes for the last book yeah um i think we should probably maybe do a bonus episode or like a wrap-up episode like we used to do it with like when we would watch the movie but there's no movie um yeah but maybe just do like a spoiler heavy whole book thing and then we can do the benches there i don't know that's a thought. Um, yeah. You can figure it out. But yeah. Thank you guys again for joining us. Uh, next chapter. Get all of your benches in. So, you know, make your vote count. What is that? Rock the vote. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.